Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. Yeah, of course. I'm Nidhi Chinani. I am an author, illustrator, graphic novelist. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk to you today because as I mentioned, um, the work that you do does continue to pop up in my classroom. And I guess my first question is like, where does the inspiration come from to, to, to be an illustrator, to draw and create? Where does that come from for you? So the pursuit of art for me came, I mean, I've always wanted to do art, but I didn't grow up in a situation where it was really supported. So it was my mid twenties when I actually figured out that art could even be a career. <laughs> um, you know, I I had never interacted with anybody who was in the arts or um, made it made it beyond their hobby. And mm -hmm. so, for me, when I started pursuing art, I had come to a place in my life where I was really happy, and I really wanted to capture that in the work that I did. So when I describe my work, I usually just say it's just finding joy in everyday moments. Um, mm. My business name is called Everyday Love. And so it's not really those kind of big, um, you know, uh, firework moments. It's those small moments of our everyday lives because I do feel like in every day there's some sunshine, there's some silver lining, there's some moment that's just so precious. And so that's what I was pursuing capturing when I first started out illustration. I love that. And is it something that runs in your family? Do you have other family members that enjoy art or create Absolutely art? not. I mean, I think that probably if the Indian community, at least the Indian community that's reflected in my family was more supportive of it, perhaps some of the people would have pursued art. It's interesting now because now that I do this work and I have a huge extended family um, and so my cousins all have kids and they're all super supportive of their kids' interest in art. They talk to me about it. They talk to me about their interest in comics. And, you know, the Indian community um, kind of has like one comic that's known um, for like all kind of Indian kids. It's um, this series called Amrachitrakatas, and they are all moral stories based off Hinduism. And they're like a super old style drawing. And so that medium kind of developed and then stagnated. And mm. so I think that because there was not enough support, um, there's just been kind of this, you know, maybe maybe there's a bunch of sleeper people <laughs> who would have pursued art if they had the right examples and of the right course. support. Um, but I do think that's, you know, I think a lot of it's changing now. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that you don't have family members that are into art because oftentimes um, when you share and you ask an illustrator, they do say there's some sort of connection. So I think even for kids to hear that, you know what, even though my mom or my dad or my aunt or my uncle or whomever did not do art, I can still do it. Um, yes. And, and, and it's not um, a surprise that 
in specific cultures or in specific families that there is this one comic or this one idea of what illustrations and art looks like. I hear that all the time. Um, so again, that is also extremely um, important to hear because yeah, why not mix things up? Why not introduce something new um, when things like times are changing as well? And I think kids should have that opportunity um, regardless of whatever background or culture they're in to see new fresh work um, that is relevant and fun for them as well. And you're doing that, you're totally doing that, which is really cool. Thank you. Well, what yeah, do I you like? To... Sorry, oh, so go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go, go, go. <laughs> um, I, I was just going to say, I think it's, it's interesting. My family, I'm the odd one out. Um, so uh, we have people who are in finance. Both my parents were in finance, um, accountants and doctors, lawyers, like all these kind of like very intense professions. And then there's me. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it. you can be the only one. It's fine. You can, you totally can. And I think it comes for me personally, I think it comes down to just really truly enjoying yourself in regards to what you do um, and wholeheartedly just like believing as well, because art, as you know, um, or being, I think I like to think as artists and illustrators um, and authors as like creators. So they're constantly like just creating and trying to build things. And that's hard. Like that's not something you can just show up in. It's not a nine to five job as in like, these are just structured moments. It's you're constantly playing with different mediums. You're playing with different words and it takes time. And I think it's hard for other people to watch because it's so different, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I think the other thing that's really interesting, I think about this a lot, um, especially because I do school visits and I talk to a lot of kids, it's that idea that you usually are only seeing the finished product, right? So 100%. that behind the scenes work, you see it when it becomes a Netflix TV series, you know? You see it when it's a book on a bookshelf and it's, it's part of our job, you know, to make sure that we demystify it. That didn't always look like that. It started off as a mess, you know? Mm -hmm. It started mm -hmm. off as a mess in my head, but I thought I can maybe, maybe with the skills that I have, I can make something out of this mess. Agreed, 100%, 100%. What do you like to do outside of drawing? Because obviously you are, I wanna say you're always busy. And I think that's just based on the quality of work that you're doing and being an author and illustrator. Um, so what, yeah, what do you do? What do you like to do outside of, of, of art? So I used to love to travel. Um, <laughs> in uh, pandemic times, that's obviously not um, on the top of my list. I would say that the other thing that I do to relax, and even that has changed a little bit, um, is cook. I love cooking. I specifically love cooking for other people. Like I love cooking for my family. No, no, <laughs> no disrespect there, but um, you know they're kind of used to my my level of cooking, and I'm like, why aren't you more impressed? I, this is a brand new recipe, and it tastes delicious. <laughs> you know, and they're just like, yeah, it's good. You're 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 good. Um, so I used to like you know kind of have dinner parties or get-togethers with friends where I get to share my food. Um, so those are kind of the top two things I like to do. That's so good. What, what, let's dig a little deeper. I'm curious, like, what's your, what do you, what do you like to cook the most in regards to like your favorite dish? Um, and what, like, 
what other things like in regards to desserts and everything else like share a little can you share a little bit more about that yeah so um my my kind of like back of my hand stuff is of course indian food um my favorite thing to cook that's you know really actually quite simple that a lot of people like is paneer butter masala um so, or paneer tikka masala, whatever, it, it kind of varies regionally what it's called. Um, it's very easy to make, um, mm -hmm. deceptively easy. Uh, and if you have the spices on hand. And then my daughter, my daughter's favorite thing is um, alu gobi paratha, which is potato cauliflower stuffed uh, flatbread. And so those are two kind of like staples um, or things that I can cook without really thinking too much about it. And then this pandemic time, um, I have explored baking. So baking is actually something that's pretty infrequently explored, at least in my community. My mom used my oven or our oven growing up as storage. I, I still kind of use it as storage um, because like ovens are not typical in India. And so I never grew up with any baked goods. And so I was like really in committed to learning how to bake things for my kid. Um, so, but I've kind of been nervous about cakes and I started to make cakes in the pandemic. And I think I should not know how to make cakes because now I can make cake <laughs> whenever I want. And it's not as, you know, the thing about cooking versus baking that I always was nervous about is that baking is much more exact like if you mess up the order of something or you put too much or too little or you miss an ingredient, you can't really fix it at the end. Um, you really can't. And so it intimidated me because with cooking, for me, it's always like kind of taste as I go, adjust things. Because um, I know how like a certain dish, especially Indian food, I know how it's supposed to taste. So I can always kind of like add a little cream or um, add a tiny bit of sugar or something to like kind of give it that like, I can't stop eating it um, flavor, which is like my goal. Um, but with baking, it took me a long time to just be like, okay, I need to make sure I have all of my ingredients, you know, and then, and read through the directions before I start making the thing. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's baking, it's just a different, ball game altogether like you said you don't have the freedom of well at least maybe professionals do but it, it, it maybe not like you don't have the freedom of messing up as much right because it is it would be really hard to fix because once it goes in the oven and it comes out it's like like that's what you can't put it back in again <laughs> nope <laughs> no and if you if you do something out of order like if you do the dry ingredients into the wet or something wrong. It's just like some goofy Things thing that doesn't look great. right. You're mm -hmm. like, well, and, and I've seen this on cooking shows before, which horrifies me as somebody who didn't come from like a lot where they're like, I messed it up. So I'm going to throw it away. And I'm like, wait, what? You can't salvage something out of that? I, I don't know if I like baking, <laughs> you know? It's true. It's so, so true. I didn't even think about it like that, but you're right. Um, speaking of cooking shows, is there any specific cooking shows that you like or stand out for you? Oh man, I, I was like, I feel like weird admitting it, but I was really into all the Gordon Ramsay shows. There's something about how mean he is that's hilarious. Me too. Me too. 
I don't know why he's just there's just some some way that he talks to people when they're it, they could be really nice but it just makes me laugh and I loved Master Chef Junior um I love seeing the kids and how confident they could be and they're so young um so I love that I never got into the Great British Baking Show I know a lot of people love it everybody's too nice I maybe need a lot of yelling to be entertained I don't know what that says about me but <laughs> I, I agree with you I love I love Gordon Ramsay and I think for whatever reason he's been successful because not only is he a great cook but like yeah his, it's entertaining right yeah, people want to yeah. see entertainment and emotions and that's exactly what you get every time you watch him so yeah I love everything that he produces as well. There's another show I watch on Netflix that I've watched, um, what's it called? The Final Table, have you seen that one? No. I think you would like it. It's not okay. like um, Tell's Kitchen at all, mm -hmm. um, but I love that one. And then there's another, I see I'm, I really, we're relating here, I really like TV <laughs> shows too. Um, there's another one that just recently I've seen on Netflix called Something About Leftovers, and mm -hmm. it challenges um, home cooks to cook leftovers, make leftovers in a new way. So they're making these like really cool dishes out of leftovers, which is like, it's mind boggling because it's just normal people. Awesome. It's really, really fun. Really, really fun. I gotta yeah. check that out. Yeah, you should, you should. Can you share with us, you talked about having a daughter. Um, how old is she and what is it like to be a mother during these times? Like, I'm... Yep. I don't think it matters how old she is, but I just imagine that it is, it's been a little bit tricky. Yeah, so she's five. Um, so she just started kindergarten this year. Uh, weird year to start kindergarten. Um, but I think it's a weird year no matter where you are. Like any parent that I talk to, if they have a kid in high school, if they have a kid in middle school, there's any stage of a kid's life that need to connect, I mean, we have it in our stage of life, you know, that need to connect is so specific. Um, and so uh, it's been challenging. Um, <laughs> you know, what am I supposed to say? I'm not sure exactly if there's anything um, that hasn't already been said, honestly. I think it's just keeping, I, I do feel like, What's happened is I've traded my work patience for like if if I was to have like two pools of patience, right? So if I have like my work patience and my parenting patience, I had to take all, all that work patience and just drop it right into the parenting patience. I got no patience for anything work involved. Um, like I need things to happen now and the way that I want them and to be super clear and because like basically when your kid is around all of the time and she doesn't have other outlets for um, activity, play, all of those of things, you need to bring it. And if she's having a hard time, um, you need to like dig down deep into the patients that's like the residue patients, you know, <laughs> um, and just be there and be the, be the thing that keeps consistent, you know, because, mm -hmm. um, as much as I think I can, I'm trying to protect her from all of the garbage, right? All of the garbage mm -hmm. that we're living through so that she has some sense of, of wonder and love and support that she can lean on because she knows what it's like. She knew what, you know, she's not so young that she doesn't remember 
Um, and she definitely has tiny moments. There haven't been too many where she's just like, I hate COVID. I don't like the virus. I want it to be over, you know? And I listen to her and I say, baby, you, you are saying what a lot of people are feeling. You're not alone. So, you know. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think all families are doing it the best way they can to survive. Um, and fine it's 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 hard of course but it is it has been fun watching parents adapt and find ways to create joy for their kids like I I'm not a parent but I just take my hat off to to parents like that I deal with in regards to the classroom and the things that I see that they're just being so creative with and building playgrounds and spaces and just things to do with their kids so frequently so you're rocking it Every, <laughs> you're, you guys are doing an amazing job um I, the last question i have for you is and i don't know how much you can talk about it but your book is going to be a netflix like movie which is like mind-blowing to me um i think me it, too. <laughs> it's like i it for me i think when I think about it, um, Tashmina is such, it, that's exactly what it should be. Like, I think it's going to turn out, I, 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 it's just gonna be so beautiful. I can just envision it right now. Um, I guess my question for you is like, how does that make you feel? Um, and can you share a little bit of that process with us of how that happened? So um, I can share, I can definitely share how it happened. Um, and how it makes me feel after. So how it happened is basically, uh, you know, you get contacted by a production company. And it's funny because I, I my former agent um, told me the story and I'm not sure how, you know, you, you don't know, like kind of seems like a fairy tale story, um, but that the producer was sitting by, um, or somebody was sitting by this producer and, at the Oscars um, and mentioned, have you, have you heard of this book, Pashmina? And then they, they, you know, obviously followed up later and then he got the book or the production company got the book and they were excited about it. And the way that they contacted me, um, so they sent me a message directly, which I obviously had my uh, former agent handle, but um, she, or they said, we don't want this to go to series. We don't want it to be a small special. We see a full feature and that is what we will pursue. And these are the things that we've done in the past and this is our vision for it. And so they, when they said that to me, it's kind of hard to, to not agree with them, you know, they, they, they didn't want to accept anything less um, because of they, they saw in it what I didn't even see in it, to be totally honest. I made the book to make the book, right? Um, a lot of people that I talked to, and this is no shade on, on people, it happens so much that I think it becomes part of what people think about when they're making a book um, or when they're thinking about making a book, but I have a lot of conversations with creators who are like, I want to make this book because I want Netflix to buy it. Um, and at the time that I was making Pashmina, I wanted to make Pashmina to make Pashmina. Um, I wanted it 
to be out there, to be a graphic novel for the Indian American community um, and for people to have a, you know, a window into that experience. And so um, when they approached me and we, and Netflix wasn't necessarily the conversation, the conversation is we wanna take this to a bunch of studios and see who's interested. Um, and so then you sign basically an agreement with the production company that they can take it and um, shop it around. And <clears throat> they said that Netflix was interested within the first, like, you know, they just made a presentation and they're like, yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, they just said, I think they said something like, we told them that there was not a feature length animated film for the Indian American community. And they were like, we're interested, let's do this, you know? Um, because I think that that's one of the, I mean, that's one of the reasons I enjoy a lot of Netflix programs um, is that they're doing things that haven't been done before. Um, and they're writing their own rules. So I, I'm really excited about that. Um, and how it feels, it feels unreal. It feels like, I mean, it's also, you know, it was announced in 2019 and it's doing its thing. I don't know what it's doing. And that's good with me. I don't make animated films, you know, I make books. So I finished my next book jukebox um, last year. It'll be coming out uh, in June. I know I'm excited. So I'm just focused on the books, you know, and when people talk to me about it, like when you're talking to me about it or my friends ask me about it, you know, I think my feeling is like, is this real? I really feel like I'm not going to feel like it's real. I'm not even sure I'll feel like it's real when I see it on Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, 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 and I feel that way about my book too. Um, when I look at Peshmina and I open it up, it's kind of this weird out of body experience where I'm like, who made this? Like, I, it was me, right? Like, I don't even remember that person anymore. You know, I mean, I made Pashmina when I had a newborn. Um, wow. So I was in kind of like that fog of, of like sleep, maybe sleep, um, but mostly like feed the baby, change the baby, draw some pages. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's all, it all feels very surreal. I love it. I just, again, one of the reasons why I love the work that you do because there's such, there's always a, a purpose behind it. And I didn't know you personally, um, but just by looking at your books and just, I like to read about the authors and stuff as well. So I'm like super nerdy about that stuff, but I just know, and I knew that the book was made with a purpose of, a purpose and a specific audience as well, which I love um, so much. And I love when authors are able to, um, you just own it and be like, this is what I want to do. This is how my work is going to be presented to the world. Um, because it is filling a voice um, for a large group of people, which is amazing. Um, thank you. So I could just talk to you forever. I love, thank you so much for just hanging out with me today. Um, where can people find you online? Um, so I am on Instagram and Twitter at NidiArt, which is N-I-D-H-I-A-R-T. And my website is a lot less complicated, um, everydayloveart.com.